is time to put away the bias, the lies, and deceit and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, the Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Allen. Well, we've entitled this one, A World of Hurt, and surely that fits for a lot of the stories in the news here. Uh, a lot of both domestically and huge stories around the world that we need to cover today with you and inform we the people here. And I, I really want to start with a story that I'm not sure a lot of you are really following if you are. Uh, I don't see a lot out there about it, and that is what's happening in Iran right now is significant here. We'll take that right up right now here with Iowa Senator Zach Nunn joins us at the top of the program here. And uh, he serves in the Iowa legislature and is now running for U.S. Congress in Iowa's third congressional district. Uh, Zach, of course, a retired lieutenant colonel with the U.S. Air Force, deployed overseas many, many times. And uh, Zach Nunn, it is good to have you here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Welcome, brother. Malcolm, hey, very privileged to be with you and your listeners this weekend. Thank you. All right. This is I know this is a very intensified moment for you with the campaign. We'll get back into more of that right now as things heat up for the midterms. I want to start right with Iran. This is a big story now. All right. So what's happened here is there was a 22 year old uh, who uh, was who died, who was uh, uh, in a coma. And she was detained by Iran's, uh, what they call the morality police, what have you. She was very outspoken uh, about what's happening with the government there, anti-government, of course. And a lot of this has been rising in Iran. It, it brings me back to that, to the reflection point back in the 70s and the throw there uh, with the Shah and all that had happened back to the Shah of Iran. Uh, and that's when, of course, the, they came into power now, the, uh, the Ayatollah and all of this changed uh, so they're now protest uh, nationwide throughout Iran, very, very aggressive, and they're ha- they're trying to push back. But at some point, it's kind of hard to hold back that tsunami of emotions from the people. What's your take on this now and how, how significant? Malcolm, you brought up an excellent point. I mean, 40 years ago in 79, we saw what looked like just a small ember of a spark start in Iran and it overthrew the Shah. We had a religious zealot come in as the Ayatollah. And ever since then, the people of Iran, who I think we all recognize are good people under a terrible regime, are in a position where these small protests have been doused repeatedly over the last four decades. But now we're starting to see this young woman who stood up, took off her headscarf and said she wasn't gonna do it anymore, brutally taken into custody by this morality police dies in custody. And all of a sudden you see uh, Persian men saying, this could be my wife. This could be my sister. This could be my daughter all standing up, coming out in the street and really finding a kinship with Mm -hmm. other Persians who want to throw off the shackles of what they see as being very unfair. Not that they're opposed necessary to, you know, the strict orthodoxy of their faith, but that they don't want a government coming in, and just crushing them over ways to, to control. And, and here's where I think we need to pay attention to our recent lessons. You saw what happened in you know, Tunisia with the man who 
uh, caught himself on fire uh, in protest, and it started a firestorm across the Arab world. This could be what we're seeing in the Persian world. This is the ember that actually catches flame towards a population who's been very, very repressed for four decades, and they're finally saying enough. Yeah, and now Iran, as typical uh, as these things play out, uh, Jackie, they are um, disrupting cell service, shutting off social media, closing down the internet, uh, trying to you know um, silence this whole thing as it now is getting out of control. I mean, they're even uh, setting billboards on fire with the Ayatollah and doing all kinds of things, uh, pushing back on the supreme leader out there and. Uh, so this tipping point with Iran, uh, I mean, I mean, it, it seems to me like there's, I don't know, I just have a sense with world events right now that this is not just another normal uh, protest right now. It, could this be enough in a final analysis to tip this thing back over? Yeah, I, I don't know on that part uh, if it's enough to be able to topple the, the regime. What I will say is that regimes today are very skittish and are going to extreme measures. You see the same smaller level but protests going on in Russia and how Putin has reacted towards uh, the West with threats of tactical nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. My concern is that a caged animal becomes most dangerous when it's about to perish. And if the Ayatollah and specifically his group called the uh, Islamic a Republican Guard Corps and the mm -hmm. Quds Force, these are their special operations forces that export terrorists if they feel like there's a threat at home, can they hurt other countries to try and solidify mm -hmm. their extreme base at home? And that, we, you know, we're not that far away from Iran having the ability to have its own set of tactical nuclear weapons. Right. But in the immediate, if it can threaten places like Israel and create some kind of, all right, hey, everybody get in line. We have a common enemy. We have a common cause. Right. That is the type of distractor option that we've seen um, the Ayatollah used in the past. Yeah, so that's yeah. my immediate concern. I think you're right. I think you bring up a very vi viable point there. And, you know, your reference right there, Zach, to a, uh, the caged animal is the word you're, it makes me think right now, not only are we dealing with what's around, but, you know, you could almost say also Putin is another caged right. animal specifically. And also Xi Jinping, I understand, is having a lot of troubles. I have uh, reports in here that uh, he's having a lot of troubles internally that are not being reported uh, also. All of these events, and one of the things we'll talk about a little bit later on in Viewpoint today, is uh, could push the whole world into a world event, uh, a crisis, a world war, if you will. Uh, are you getting that sense as well, briefly? I am. I am. And since uh, the you know okay. first failures of Russia, I'm very concerned here that this is a, a you know a, a World War One moment where one spark can start a giant. Uh, yeah. fire from Russia to Taiwan to Iran and potentially uh, the Middle East at large. Yeah. Yeah. So you have you. So I, yeah, I haven't talked to you about this. So you, you've got that. Um, you, you've got that little bit of fire burning in your belly on this thing, too. You, you sense there could be a bigger problem here as well. Absolutely right. I mean, this is one of those things that left unchecked. This this becomes the the, the firestorm that engulfs us. And through nobody's direct action, but through a lot of inaction, particularly mm -hmm. by the United States and Europe, being asleep at the switch, we embolden people to t make poor choices. We lose our deterrence. Okay. And that's everything here in the United States to our own southern border. If we don't deter, 
autocrats will act. Okay. All right. Now, here, I want to bring it back domestically to some other very big stories here before we expand this thing. And all right. So there was a very interesting story I seen out of the uh, KCCI 8 in Des Moines. And that is about, and which has come up a bit. And uh, it's, it's a history of this. And I just think, wow, it was really cool to see you throw this out there. And that uh, you want to, you're talking about potentially banning members of Congress from trading stocks. And you also made a commitment that you won't trade stocks if elected to this particular seat in Congress in the third congressional district. Uh, and it'll support legislation to keep other lawmakers from doing so. Now, this is a big problem. This is a widespread problem. This is how these cats get ha- happy, fat, and rich and have those uh, double-wide uh, stainless steel refrigerators loaded with the uh, <laughs> ice cream and, and multiply that across the board, Zach. I mean, you just know what I'm talking about here. So uh, talk about this story and tell people why they should be concerned and, and what you want to do about it. Malcolm, you're, well, first off, you're so right on this. Look. 75 members of Congress traded stock in the days before they put $10 billion into the COVID vaccine, all of them uh, making a lot of money off of that. Now, maybe they're just some of the luckiest SOBs in the world, but the reality is they had some information that the rest of America did not, and they profited as a result of it. You know, my opponent here sits on the Financial Services Committee, the very one who's supposed to be policing the financial services, doing investigations in the financial services. She's making 40 plus stock trades and uh, that were found to be in violation and took away as much as over a million dollars. Now, I don't know about you and me, Malcolm, but if I make a million or a half a million dollar stock trade, I, I certainly know that I did it, failing to report it intentionally trying to mislead people about what was going on ever since. And specifically, she made 13 stock trades into Wells Fargo while she was doing a deep probe investigation into their finances. Wow! These are the kind of things that make people mad. We do not want our elected officials, you know, playing the market when they're the ones who have insider information on the market. So we made a very, uh, you know, clear statement. I'm a state Senator. I said, I've led the bill that was said that you can't trade stock um, if you are an elected official. I've made a personal pledge to say that this needs to happen in Washington because everyone from my opponent, Cindy Axney, up to the Speaker of the House and her husband right. are making millions of dollars off of sensitive, insider, sometimes restricted information. And then there's been zero people prosecuted for this. So I think one, members of Congress need to A, stop doing it because it's the right thing to do and B, pass legislation so it never happens again. You pull up another one of the uh, big stories on the point you just said about uh, protecting our borders, and we know that's certainly not being done. Another really big story last few days here, a couple of men arrested in what's being called the largest single fentanyl bust in the history uh, in uh, this police department in Phoenix, uh, seizure of more than a million pills uh, and we're, the problem is we're seeing this absolutely everywhere. Law enforcement agencies are seeing huge fentanyl seizures. Uh, the drug cartels, are run, they control our borders. They're running all this. They're smuggling it all in, illicit drugs. And it's not an Arizona, Texas, or New Mexico problem. It's a Maine, Vermont, or New York, uh, North Dakota problem. Right. I mean, this is where this stuff is being pushed all over the place. So people who don't think it matters, you're sadly mistaken here. Now, there was another one, by the way, Zach, in uh, Oregon, um, another 92,000 fentanyl pills, three pounds of cocaine and meth and all kinds of stuff in vehicles. 
I mean, this is this is significant, and they're killing our kids as well. But this open border, beside the the craziness of this, the drugs alone are enough reason to close the border. If it wasn't the fact of terrorists and uh, that fact, we can't afford it. What do you speak? What do you say about all this? So, Malcolm, I took this as a very serious issue. Look, I'm a military guy. I used to fly recon operation uh, down along the U.S.-Mexico border under the Trump administration when we were committed to actually stopping the influx of fentanyl. And we were highly successful at it. After the Trump administration, there has been no one. Um, I went down personally to meet with Customs and Border Patrol and my friend Congressman Tony Gonzalez in the El Paso sector. They are 40% undermanned, and most of their folks are just working on in-processing people, meaning doing paperwork versus actually being on the border. We went to the border. I had six migrants turn themselves in, and they were just happy to be on U.S. soil because they knew within a number of days they would be released. This brings up two things. First, it's a humanitarian crisis. We have people who come here illegally and now are bound to the cartel back in South and Latin America operating in the United States. The cartels have a better idea of who is available and how to turn the screws on them and their family back home, making them subservient drug mules in the United States. The second part is the national security crisis that comes from a drug that you highlighted called fentanyl that is so deadly. We ran into an individual who had two pounds of fentanyl in his backpack. Mm -hmm. Two pounds is enough to kill everyone in the city of Des Moines, my capital in Iowa. Wow. 500,000 people dead in one backpack. Mm. And this isn't just coming from some drug Mm. trafficker making meth in the heart of Mexico. This is a synthetic drug being largely produced in China, and they can't get it in through the the normal borders on the east and west, so they're sending it to Mexico and bring it directly over the border from the south. There is a direct national security threat as a result of this. As you highlighted, the Phoenix police are dealing with it because it doesn't just kill the drug user. It kills any first responder who comes into contact with him. It kills a kid in school um, whose neighbor might be having it in their locker. We just had a situation where three kids were rolled up for fentanyl sales and the distributor died because he came into contact trying to divide up the fentanyl. Uh, It's now become the number one killer for uh, young people in America. Hundreds of deaths a day. This is a national security crisis. Look what the administration did during covid they were all in for government intervention. Here, they won't even acknowledge that we have a problem. Mm, wow, isn't that rich? The way you put that out there, I haven't thought of it quite that way uh, with the government intervention. Isn't that ironic, people? Think about what Jacques uh, says there. I mean, isn't that so? I mean, they're anxious for government intervention where we don't need it. Uh, but yet in the areas where we desperately, desperately need it, there it's crickets, right, Zach? I mean, total crickets. You know, exactly right. Anything. Yeah. All right, let me give this other big story I'd love your opinion on um, because there's so much out there about it. All right, so cut right to the chase here. The headline in The Guardian, uh, which already tells you what they're thinking is. Uh, but the headline, yeah, exactly. But the headline says this. I'm not sure he's going to escape jail. Could Trump's legal woes prevent a 2024 run? And this gets in, they say, to the insurmountable of uh, these um, crises that he's dealing with. Um, so, for instance, uh, he, Trump and three of his kids, the three adult children, were accused of lying to tax collectors, lenders and insurers uh, in a staggering fraud scheme. They say they routinely misstated the value of his properties to enrich themselves. 
Of course, this is Letitia James, the attorney general up in New York, who ran her campaign on crucified Trump. So this just fits right into that (laughs) narrative. I mean, no surprise here, really, other than whatever whatever is true or not true about that. We will see now. It's another civil lawsuit. uh, And and now this uh, another one with the FBI investigates Trump's holding of sensitive government documents. Of course, Mar-a-Lago. Then you got the special grand jury uh, for that. Then you got Georgia concerned whether he and others attempted to influence state election officials uh, with the last election. And there's a whole series of others. Seems like there's a big attack and a pile on right now for Donald Trump as well. Uh, I just want to give a sense to. Because I really don't know, Zach, and with listeners, I mean, does he, is he Houdini? Does he escape these? I mean, there are multiple Houdinis he'd have to escape right now. Or is, is, are we seeing something that could very well be massively problematic for the former president? You look, this has been the same news story that liberal outlets like the British Guardian, who love to weigh in on American politics when it's convenient for them have been trying to pipe into um, everyday Americans' homes for the last six years. And every time they have come up short, impeachment one, impeachment two, going after Mar-a-Lago. These are folks that, you know, have treated individuals so abhorrently if you were a U.S. citizen. And now we've got a situation where they're going after a former president in an unprecedented manner. My bigger concern here is that this is the type of what looks like to a lot of people a witch hunt that then starts to devolve our country and put them into them versus us tribes. And we're not we're no longer seeking to perform justice. There is a group out there that desperately wants to see a invalidation of Trump's ability to run for president. They can't. They feel concerned they wouldn't be able to beat him in the election, so they have to invalidate his ability to run. Um, You know what? Let the independent process work here. Let the appointed um, group that both the Trump administration and the Department of Justice have agreed to review this. And then let's work on getting some trust back in our institutions so that whatever the outcome is, people feel that it was transparent, it was handled correctly, and there wasn't a you know, agenda behind the scenes that was already predetermining what the outcome was going to be. Mm. Otherwise, we run back into the situation of people constantly arguing, you know, this is a them versus us situation. And I have no faith in my government, my elected officials to do the right thing. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, really super well said, Zach. Um, you know, uh, this is um uh, back to trust in the, the agencies, it's non-existent anymore now, unfortunately, sadly. And we will be talking a little bit later in the program with Professor Larry Bell, uh, who did a phenomenal op-ed on this, uh, talking about the Department of Justice and who they target and why, uh, and why others escape. Uh, we're talking about Houdini tricks again. Uh, so there's a lot more to what uh, Senator Zach Nunn says there. And uh, All right. So listen, let me give folks now, uh, bring it to a head here, Zach, and give your website out here and tell folks, because, uh, you know, as they hear you talk right now, I mean, every listener who hears you talk knows, and and it really doesn't matter what their political stripe really is. I mean, they got to know you're one of the most sensible uh, Americans and people. You're a military hero. You're you're, you're just so passionate about our country. It's the kind of people we want to have served as a good representative of we the people you are you are we the people Zach you see what I mean you know and that's what we need is more of more of us who passionately care about our nation uh to serve in Congress specifically 
Uh, that website is zachnun.com, Z-A-C-H, nun, N-U-N-N.com, zachnun.com. All the links will be in the post here. Now, uh, what we'll do up next here, I've got a great segment coming up always with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. And we're going to jump into some world events that will will you know, give you the heebie-jeebies, more or less. I mean, there's uh, some real uh, problems here brewing on the world stage here. Uh, we'll pick a lot more of this up next, friends. Stay right there. Viewpoint this Sunday continues. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, my friends, our fellow Americans, and to our friends around the globe. This show is heard uh, globally all over with so many people listening around the world. Listen, we're privileged you're here, and thank you for being on the mission, uh, very much so. This is a very important um, conversation coming up next because we have a, a, a truth teller uh, coming up on the program here. It doesn't mix his words up, but we'll surely cut to the mustard. And that is Lieutenant uh, Colonel Tony Schaefer joins me now. He's the president of the London Center for Policy Research, a CIA-trained intelligence operations officer of 35 years of experience, global national security, understands where we're at. And I want to want to get into a couple of things, Tony, with you. And one is, uh, I, I mean, I I don't like to, I'm not talking here about hyperbole and trying to, uh, you know, razz people on to something that may not be happening, but I'm getting a sinking feeling from a lot of the folks I'm talking to and things around me, sincerely, uh, you know, is the world at a turning point? Are we headed to a major confrontation? What some people would reference, and uh, it's, uh, you know, you throw this term around and people's minds start to wander, but a really sort of World War Three, whatever that looks like, there are multiple things that lead us to being very concerned, starting with this uh, Biden, uh, the president saying he would use U.S. forces to defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. 60 minutes combined with what's happened in Ukraine and Russia, the relationship between Xi and Putin. Pick it up there and tell me what we're looking at from the recent comments from the president to the Taiwan-China and the Ukraine-Russia relationship, Tony. Well, that's the problem, Malcolm, is that the president says so much but means so little. And <clears throat> the enemies of the nation have taken note at this point, based on the fact that every time President Biden opens his mouth and says something, he is instantly contradicted by his own staff saying that's not what he meant. Hmm. That has completely undermined his authority. 
Now, no matter how much you have the American media uh, covering for him, foreign leaders are not being taken in. Everybody now sees, Malcolm, that President Biden is not the president. That's, that's just a simple fact. It is what it is. Uh, over this past week, I think there's been three separate occasions where the White House says the president does not know what he's saying, and that's not the policy. Now, last time I checked, we have a constitutional republic where the leader of the executive branch, according to Article 2, is the president of the United States. Somehow, uh, we now have a man in office who does not know uh, he's the president because he, uh, if I were him, and the moment someone contradicted me and my policy, they would be gone. So this is this is beyond. Tony, let, let me let me slow you right down. You bring up a massive point right in the open and bell here. And uh, so let me just ask you uh, two things here. One, yeah. have we looking back historically? I, I and certainly I can't recall. Maybe you can, but I I don't think we've ever seen anything like this from a commander in chief of any level historically in our nation, going back through the whole thing, turn of forty six years where somebody is totally absent of a void of that position, number one. And number two, what, I mean, not being a funny guy here, but who really is, is it, is it a group of people that are calling the shots? So, it- yeah, no, I think, I think it's Valerie Jarrett. That's the, it's the former Obama folks. They're, they, they are, you can see them there. They're there. Valerie Jarrett and, uh, a couple of the folks who were seniors in the Obama administration. Susan Rice, are, Susan Rice. Susan Rice, they're all there. Yeah. So that's, that's who's, Pulling the strings, and and that's obvious, because again, Malcolm, I'm not saying this. It is, if people just open their eyes, they're going to see this. This is what's going on. Biden's not the president. It's time we accept that. And what's more important is, if he's not the president, who are, who does the world leaders you mentioned? Who do they think's in charge? It's not about us. You know, we all see what's going on. Mm-hmm. What does Putin think? What does Xi? What do the Mullahs think in Iran? What is North Korea? What they all see is an opportunity. They see because there is no clear sense of who's in charge. They don't, there's a real opportunity for them to misbehave. And I think this is where we're at. So you mentioned Taiwan. You mentioned Biden's comments. Nobody cares what Biden says. Uh, There's sufficient strategic ambiguity by us that the Chinese may well act. And because, you know, we support the one China policy, I could see it where Z would come out and just say in a statement, hey, uh, the United States has said there's one China. We're making it one China. We're moving. Don't don't interfere. And th- the Chinese may well think that a military action is warranted in something. Again. Well, look, that's how we got Saddam Hussein inviting Kuwait. Misinterpretation of language from our side. So just saying, Malcolm, a lot of misinterpretation potential there with with the, with China. So yeah. that's number one. Number two, Putin and the nuclear issue. Okay. I said this in another interview this morning. We're not prepared for nuclear war. We're not prepared because we don't have a credible tactical, deter- tactical deterrent. We don't have a credible strategic deterrent. Malcolm, nobody believes Joe Biden. Uh, and again, Putin believes, and I think that's uh, Biden's words did absolutely nothing to deter Putin from invading Ukraine, right? We've all watched. Uh, all this bellicose language from Biden. Yeah, Putin didn't care. Do you really believe somehow Putin has come to the conclusion to start caring about what Biden says now? I, I don't think so. So when Putin says something, 
regarding the potential use of nuclear weapons, I believe him because in his mind, Malcolm, not us, not it's not about what John Kirby says, not about what Nancy Pelosi says. It's about what Putin interprets, what he thinks will do or not do. And at this point, I'm convinced Putin thinks he can get away with using nuclear weapons without without any regard to pushback or uh, consequence. And that's what's dangerous about the current situation. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's pretty clear, uh, Tony, that um, <clears throat> uh, from what I'm seeing, and I, I'd love to know what you think about it, but I, I'm going to say uh, sanctions against Russia, I think, have been a complete failure. The complete In fact, what, failure. They, what they did is they pushed him into the, uh, <clears throat> they've done more trade with uh, Iran, North Korea, right? they've created a whole new axis of evil here that is clearly trading. In fact, things have gone up, and actually, I've seen reports Russia is doing very well. Again, Malcolm, they 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 they, ana- they assigned to Putin our values and concerns. They said, "Oh, well, if I was Putin, these are the things I would worry about, mm-hmm. and these are the things I would do to try to modify the behavior." Didn't matter. Right. Putin doesn't think like us, Malcolm. That's the problem. Yeah, you, you cannot project onto Putin what you fear. Okay. That's what they did, and that's why all the different things they did had no effect, is because they never once touched what Putin was concerned about. And that's pretty obvious at this point in time. All right. All right, let me ask you now. Let's let's sure. let's talk a little strategy here now. Sure. Um, we're looking at Xi Jinping, Tony, and looking at yeah. um, Vladimir Putin. Do you think, um, in their minds, putting yourself in their minds right now, and we get the uh, w- what they're really out for their uh, world hegemony, what they're looking for here. But do you think? Um, uh, do they really want war? I mean, do they are they looking for World War Three, or are they just looking to uh, up the ante and get as many gains as they can? As they as we have an absent of no, leadership I, here at home, I, I don't think anybody <clears throat> in their right mind seeks a global conflict <clears throat> right. where the inevitable results is uh, major countries facing off against major countries. Uh, all of this is about what each world leader thinks he can gain for purposes of his own country and what he believes his country's interests are. It's all about interests, Malcolm. So so obviously uh, Mussolini miscalculated, Tojo miscalculated, Hitler miscalculated because their presumption was, ah, I can just go out and grab a few things and I'll, you know, I'm going to win. They lost, but their, their calculation was, they could do things to make, you know, like the whole thing with Pearl Harbor. I mean, we, right. can, we could go talk about that for a half an hour. Right. The, the, the Japanese thought a quick hit would take us out of the war and they'd be able to maintain dominance of the region. So that's what I'm talking. That's, that's the premise of our talk today. Miscalculation. Uh, certain leaders interpret things a certain way. And if you don't understand that, you're going to miscalculate and do something that either does not have an effect on them or encourages them to do something. That's where we're at. So the answer is, uh, yeah, I think there's a good chance because of our miscalculation mm-hmm. and not understanding that Biden is going to prompt through his own inability to articulate U.S. policy mm-hmm. or be able to essentially deter people through his words. We are at the brink of a global conflict because of that issue. So you, you believe we are at the brink of a global global conflict. I believe we are because of our miscalculation, not exactly. there. They're, they're, exactly. they're, it's like when you when a dog is running around and biting people, that's what the dog does. You've got to figure out how to stop the dog from doing that. Right. Trying to, you know, believe somehow 
speaking nice to the dog after biting people is going to have an effect. I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, that's kind of where we're at. This is where really uh, the American people have to understand, Tony. This is where. Uh, you know, a void of leadership is so crucial and vital. Exactly. And all of exactly. these talking points back at 2020 and even prior uh, that, you know, where you talk about what could happen if you did that. Well, we did that, Tony. We did right. that. We did what we said. You, you know, you can't run a campaign from a basement and successfully get, I mean, and that's another story for another day, 81 million votes and suggest you're the best thing since sliced bread and right. that you're going to make this thing happen. I mean, the, the point is, we should have seen the I'm, what I'm giving hell here is to the American people should have seen the writing on the wall, even those who thought they were done with Trump and wanted to vote for something different. This was not a viable option on the menu. Uh, but right. yet we did what we did. Now, what I'm wondering now with proper leadership, you think back to the Reagan days and Mikhail Gorbachev, who just passed, in fact, and Margaret right. Thatcher and all of those moments that were so they're planted in our minds and. Wow. And the world turned and we we saved so many lives and we changed so many things. And you know, think back to that. You think about the leadership right now. I mean, really, though, really, though, Tony, if, if we're talking about the world is in jeopardy. I mean, the, here's what worries me. The environment today is a lot different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. And the idea for the proliferation of nukes and the fact that people would potentially use them is probably more real. To, I'm, I'm guessing now you're better to speak about this than I. But I think it's probably more real right now is my sense as a student of the game than it was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago is my sense. OK, I don't know why right. but I just have that feeling. No, okay? I, you're, you're right, because there's no credible deterrent. Any, anyway, I've, I've studied deterrence a great deal because okay. of both military education, uh, my friends and mentors from the Reagan administration. Uh, I was I sat on the nuclear strategy forum for a few years uh, as a member. So I, I was in, in, in these discussions. A, a deterrent has to be credible. Uh, Malcolm, that's the issue, is that, that, that the thing that held together uh, the whole uh, picture of the Cold War yeah. was the idea that both sides yeah. would credibly do something to the other with nuclear weapons if one did something. That's what does not exist now. Yeah. And in Putin's mind, because you have a leader like Biden who does not understand what he's doing, cannot articulate what the policy is, it, basically, every time Biden has said, don't do something, Putin did it and got away with it. That only encourages more bad behavior. Mm. Since that is the current situation, and there's a real lack of, of any belief by Putin that, and because there is no policy, by the way, Malcolm, regarding what to do if a non-NATO country is hit by a nuclear weapon. I mean, General Hodges, the former commander of, of, of European forces said, oh, we're going to retaliate. No, it's not true. Not true at all. And I think that's what Putin's counting on is the fact that that if he does something regarding a weapon of mass destruction, a small, I don't know, Hiroshima sized nuclear weapon going off in Ukraine, I think he's counting on not having any credible response from NATO off or from the United States because there's no policy. And like you point out, there's no leadership from Well, that the leadership too, Tony, is not right. here's the thing. The vacuum of leadership goes deeper because it's not just Joe Biden, but it's Kamala Harris. You don't exactly. even have a competent vice president who could stand in. The only thing you really have that could uh, jostle the American people and try to stand in if the if the uh, regime here collapses, as could very well happen, 
which would be unbelievable, would, 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 he would have to come out of the shadows, and that is Barack Obama. I think the possibility, well, first off, I've never considered Barack Obama to be a competent president. I think he had, he hid his inability to lead better than Biden, I'll say that. Wow. And the fact that he is driven by a very, uh, I'm just going to say it, Maoist uh, worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it makes uh, his ability to manage things from behind the scenes very yeah. problematic. And yeah, I think which he's been doing that. though, which he's been doing. Well, he's been doing, but not effectively. I mean, look at the yeah. chaos it's been causing. Right. And and so the, the, what would happen if the? Uh, let me stipulate what I think would happen. Yeah, I, I think it may force him to come out of the shadows because. You know, if Biden collapses, which I think he will, I mean, either mentally or physically, completely more than he is, Kamala Harris is in no position to do anything. I think there would have to be the the, the hidden hand become apparent, but I don't think he'd do any better. I think it would be probably even more catastrophic by the fact that uh, you're talking about a, a, a guy who's not even in power, third removed, trying to do something to influence the Pentagon. And I just don't think it would work. And I think it would crack it, the moment the Russians use a nuclear weapon. Uh, Europe, Europe is going to go in, into an instant recession. We're going to hit breaks because nobody's going to know what to do. And I think if you think it's bad now, we're talking about right. a full-blown depression that would go on right. for a year based right. on Russia using, using nuclear weapons. Right. And we're not far off of that right now. No. Uh, we're right at the tipping point of all of this. But right. with, you know, back to these world leaders and when I asked you the question earlier, do they really want a world war? And I didn't think they did either, which, which is why I wanted to hear what you said. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're going to take advantage of every damn thing they can uh, right. as these leaders do in these uh, these authoritarian, totalitarian Absolutely. regimes clearly Absolutely. do without, without a blink of an eye. Now, you know, it would be what I'm thinking, Tony, is um, now would be the time. I, I'm, all right. So in my mind, I'm thinking right now, okay, so just hear me. If right now Donald Trump was president still, now just just play with me, people, listen to me out here. If Donald Trump was still president right now, and if you look historically at how he handled things, or somebody like him, it doesn't have to be him. I, I'm not really talking about him as a personality, but him with his policies and the way he would maneuver. What he would do is what I would do, which is I would attempt to, which is what he was doing with a lot of those dictators and those authoritarian figures, Tony, he would suggest to try to meet with them. He would suggest right. to try to have a summit. He would try to have a conversation. He would try to get to the table. He would try to understand the 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 importance of the world that we keep it on the right axis and right. that we don't tilt this whole thing over into the no zone. Uh, is am I on a point here? This is a big deal, I think. So the Reagan uh, uh, administration, especially Reagan, was very good about playing the man, trying to understand. Yeah. Uh, that that he's not actually negotiating against the Soviet Union. He's no negotiating against Mikhail Gorbachev. That's mm-hmm. so. That was his focus, and uh, that was how he Reagan was able to manage his leadership on, and 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 working with others in the world stage. So and a very difficult actual, time, Tony. I mind you. Very difficult that, time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very direct engagement. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. And and so Biden, first off, has no interest. Secondly, has no capacity to engage. Right. I mean, Malcolm, they wouldn't put Biden in the room by himself with any world leader at this point because right, right, right. they know he's mentally. But this was but this was avoidable, Tony, is what I'm saying, without the stupidity of where we're at. This was all avoidable. 
Well, this would never have happened with Trump. Just, I'll put it that way. The, 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 or any other the leader chaos, like that, Tony. Not yeah, just well, him. look, we, we the, the economy would be rolling. We'd right. be doing well. There wow. would be no ambiguity wow. regarding Trump's, you know, like his being able to stand up and deal with world leaders. He would make deals. He would, he would, we would not be in this tragic. Now, I, the other thing I would argue, Malcolm, is they're, they're forcing all this to happen. This green energy. Right. Who, who thinks it's, it's a good idea to put uh, Podesta? in right. charge of a billion dollars of quote-unquote green funds Th that is just payoff to their donors uh, this this cancer this cancer moonshot again more paying off to donors there's not going to be there's no cure for cancer coming that that is biden using the public trust okay. the public coffers to pay off their donors that's all, all right. it is. this is this is bribery in plain sight is right, what it right, is right so let's uh, bring this to a head right now here's yeah. here's the big aha now all right so all right, Wall Street Journal has a headline, uh, War, Inflation, Knock World Economy Off Balance. Okay, so put that over there. And speaking about the global economy is badly sputtering right now, to say the right. least. The financial markets are really tense. And they can smell a death in the air is what I'm saying, Tony, to yeah. you. They can smell it a mile away is what I'm going to. That, I'm not reading that anywhere. That's my words. I'm suggesting that, which Wall Street is reacting accordingly and with a world event like it is, they realize we're at a point of collapse here, playing into this uh, WW3 uh, moment that I uh, regret. Now, in the meantime, it's just as a side note here, uh, you know, economic business leaders are seeing this. As an example, Elon Musk just comes out the other day. He talks about the slowdown uh, and doesn't want the acquisition of Twitter, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, you know, that uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and what's happened in China, and he had private texts that were leaked that suggested, why would I do this if we're heading into World War III? So these people like Musk believe we're on the verge of a world catastrophe here is what's right. happening because he would he would he would uh, amplify all these other cats in the right. same boat. So they're they're holding their chess pieces back and they're not investing, which is making the, the economy collapse more. So it right. looks like, Tony, we're at this really bad tipping point, both in every way, politically, military and economically. And it just plays to the end strategy. Uh, people better brace themselves right now. There's a price to pay. Break it down into some of the component pieces. Uh, I did. I talked about the other day on on uh, another channel the fact because I, I was asked the question: Why is Putin singling out Germany for threats regarding uh, Germany's support to Ukraine? It's because because Putin is basically letting him know: either I'm going to cut your oil off during the winter, or I'm going to make you pay. To the point where it becomes uh, untenable. That's what's going on. So he's threatening these nations, and I think once you have that as a premise, Malcolm, that you're going to have Russia, you know, basically economically undermining Europe, everything else is going to fall away. Europe's going to go into repression. It's just it's like a cascade. It's like a a series of things which you know dominoes falling. If you want another metaphor. So once this starts, once you start seeing these nations, these European nations essentially go dark economically, that everything collapses, it's, it's going to go all over the world. So you don't necessarily have to have a global war to basically create chaos to the level to have the same effects of a war. And that's what Putin is very effectively doing at this point. And our leaders are too stupid to stop it. And that's what, that's what I'm seeing. So uh, Trump recognized economic prowess and success was linked directly to our national security. That national security was bolstered by us being a net producer of, 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 of energy. And that energy production re resulted in a very strong 
U.S. economy led by production, by manufacturing and blue collar jobs. Those are all the things that Trump felt uh, uh, that was important. He acted on that and everybody, every race, every segment of society benefited. He actually worked to do that. And this is not a, a commercial for Trump. I'm just saying everything Trump did is the, the complete opposite of what Biden is doing at this point. And therefore, my assessment is Biden and the other world leaders are either complete, complete morons or completely committed to destroying the fabric of current society for the purposes of justifying their build back better world economic forum uh, concepts of reinventing capitalism. And I think that's and they're putting the squeeze on the American people right now at the worst possible moment, which which is putting us under. Well, that's I live in a, in a in a remote part of North Carolina and the, the community here is suffering greatly. And what's ironic is the very people uh, Biden and the progressive Democrats mm -hmm. say they want to help are the ones hurt most, the poor and the middle class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the poor are being slammed every day they talk about that you're talking about over the past year eleven thousand dollars more in expenses eleven who can afford eleven thousand yeah. dollars more yeah. in expenses over yeah. one year that's what's happened a powerful conversation here as always with lieutenant colonel tony schaefer uh just uh, remarkable here let me bring to your attention my fellow americans uh that uh there's a disinfectant out there that is uh unbelievable every household needs to have hocl a hypochlorous uh it's amazing because it's it's what's in our white blood cells if you will it's the it's the birth of life it's uh and and this is used to fight infections so it's 100 percent hypoallergenic non-toxic safe for the kids pets plants you can you know do a nasal rinse with it for god's sakes clean your fruits and vegetables whatever it's very very powerful hocl that combined with the genesis fogger is amazing you put the hocl in the fogger creates a dry mist and kills the pathogens where they are which is how we get all this crap in the air it's not the doorknobs and the others i've been reprimanded i said no malcolm it's not that it's this well, there you go. It's what the docs tell me and all of this. So, and a lot of that with SARS-CoV-2 was in the air, just like superbugs, pathogens, viruses, influenzas, colds. That's where it all comes from. Check it out, genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners get 15% off the fogger. Got to use the code out loud. That's how you get it. Check out the power of HOCL. Click the banner our ad on Genesis back on America Out Loud. Scientific finance research. Look, study yourself. Figure out what's happening and do the best course of actions. Something else I can help you with on that or questions, just let me know. I'd be happy to help you there. Friends, we're going to take a quick pause. And up next with this powerful segment, Professor Larry Bell on very interesting op-ed. <laughs> Listen to this one. Remember when the FBI cared more about the bad guys than conservatives? Stay right there, more viewpoint in just a moment. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything.
Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Well, this next uh, segment I was telling you about up front here uh, is pretty charged, actually, when you see the headline. Remember when the FBI cared more about the bad guys than conservatives. And of course, boy, you remember back to the days, remember Lois Lerner and all that? That was a moment from yesteryear, wasn't it? Uh, but there's a, there's a history here of this sort of thing. But uh, professor Larry Bell joins us, and he's an endowed professor at the University of Houston. He's a political analyst and author of some wonderful books that are on Amazon uh, or in the America Out Loud bookstore as well. In fact, he just did one with uh, Buzz Algren uh, just past months here, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneer in the Space Frontier, piece of history there. Senator Zach Nunn, up top of the program, today actually talked about the point you talked about as far as uh, these government agencies and the fact that people don't trust them. They're totally out of hand. And, but there's what you point out in the piece, which I thought was very, very uh, uh, an excellent reminder, uh, Professor, is that there's a history of this now. I mean, and so I, I'd like to give people a glimpse and have you spell out uh, not kind of what they already know, but how egregious this is when you look historically and yet there's crickets on the other side of that political aisle. They they seem to get a pass at everything. These government agencies, I don't think there's any question, Larry, or is there? They are fully charged and mandated in a particular political scheme. It seems to go after one side of the aisle. Explain to folks what, uh, what, you, what you say here. Well, I think you're right that the public has gotten information on some of these things, but there's so many different examples over such a long time period that we kind of forget, and and much of what I do when I write is really connecting or reconnecting dots. We say, oh, yeah, I remember that, and oh, yeah, that connects to this, and so on. But as you say, this goes back, and the suspicion of, you mentioned the uh, <clears throat> Lois Lerner and the IRS <clears throat> uh, targeting Tea Party groups and so on, but in all these alphabet agencies, I think we also have to, I want to sort of, as a caveat, say that. A lot of the rank and file people are being caught in this as well. The, the ones that, and we think of the FBI and so on, a lot of really dedicated government workers that are there to protect us. And that's what they do. And they sacrifice their lives. And that's what their pride and career is all about. So we don't want to tar them with the same brush. But we see the politicization of, of so many different aspects of this. And and we see how these connect together. The, you know, Hillary's Hillary's uh, email problems, where she had some sixty thousand emails and deleted thirty thousand of them, and a lot of them turned up classified. And then, <clears throat> as a cover story, of course, they they had the you know the uh, you know the, the crossfire hurricane investigations of of Trump and Trump, 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 and the two impeachments and. And so all of that drama uh, that had at the same time that we see the uh, Obama administration as during the inaugurals, sort of sort of uh, as they were outgoing meeting with Comey and others to say, well, let's 
let's keep all this investigation going. And, uh, and you know, our current president uh, was there at that meeting and, and they, you know, they went after all Trump supporters and, and, and the, the whole thing, you know, the, the Pfizer reports, you know, where they, you know, where they faked the information that, yeah. that uh, Carter Page was, it was somehow involved with, with the Russians and, and it links, you know, the, we see what's happening now with the Durham investigations with, with, you know, Sussman, the DNC and Hillary attorney was clearly very, very friendly with the FBI and they shared offices and beds together. And, and uh, I think that's coming out now with the investigation of Danchenko, Igor Danchenko, who, was, who, who we now have found out that the, the agency FBI here actually paid him as, as, a, as an operative and basically that kept his cover from being disclosed in Freedom of Information Act reports or reports to Congress. So there's all of, all of this murky, murky stuff. And, and, and then to top it off, this, this absolutely unprecedented raid on, on a former president's private home, uh, taking documents, you know, the lack of clarity in, in terms of what the, what the reason was and, and what the, and what the uh, boundaries were on what they took. And well, they took a lot of his personal stuff too. everything they put in the bags, you know, and then, and then on top of it, sitting on Hunter Biden's laptop, the FBI, which the FBI did, some really, really grisly stuff in that, in that laptop, which implicates certainly the Biden family and all kinds of foreign uh, okay. influence peddling, name peddling, uh, kickbacks, uh, prostitution, sex trafficking, you know, all of these other things. And they overlook that. And, and, and the, the Treasury... The Treasury sitting on the uh, suspicious activity reports involving uh, uh, Hunter Biden and, and and the president's brother Jim, and uh, we'll see where, where that goes. Well, probably nowhere. I mean, probably uh, nowhere. But yeah. you know, you you yeah. put it all together, and right, right. there's so many items, mm-hmm. that, and they, the optics are so horribly bad. And when you think they can't get any worse. They double down, which yeah. is like I said, well, we've got control. We really are the deep state, the police state. You better watch out, mm-hmm. conservatives, because we've got the manpower. We've got the money. We can bury you in debt. We can, we can uh, whether you're a lieutenant general or whether you're, uh, you know, somebody that sells pillows. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, what you're saying, Larry, is nobody's safe, obviously. You spelled that out pretty well as far as even how they've targeted Trump. They could target anybody. And, of course, uh, Trump is the the guy everybody loves to hate on that side of the program. So he sort of inflames that whole thing. And some people think, ah, he deserves it. That what they're not seeing is what you just pointed out that anyone is a target now because we are on we now are taking on the look and feel of an actual police state you're exactly right and so you can turn the other way and think yeah the guy maybe deserves it or doesn't deserve it or whatever you whatever your political belief is you either love him or hate him 
And but what they're not seeing, Larry, is what you point out. That's what worries me deeply. It's more than just way far more than just about any single person, such as a Trump or anyone else, for that matter. It's more about the fact we are entering a police state mentality now. And, you know, they're not even hiding it anymore, Professor. I mean, you take a look at Hillary Clinton comes out about a week and a half ago and yeah, it throws her voice in the opinions and about how Trump with Mar-a-Lago and all of this and rah, 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 the FBI doing a swell job. Don't even hide it anymore and tried to turn the tables back and not even afraid. I mean, they literally are out in the public pushing that. What's the tipping point for Americans, Larry, where how many more people, you know, you have a couple of factors here. Will more whistleblowers come out of the FBI and the DOJ and the CIA and the Homeland Security and all these organizations? Finally, Americans that say, you know, this is so corrupt in here, I can't stand it anymore. Or what is the tipping point when Americans begin to see that this is not a damn thing to do with Trump or Fred or Mary or Sue or anyone else? This has got to do with an actual police state that is forming in front of our very eyes. What do you think about that? I think, you know, it's, it's an issue where one side feels the brunt of all of this and you know, the censorship and the concern about being, you know, saying something untoward that gets you investigated or we understand that even Facebook has been sharing information with the FBI regarding oh, yeah. Yeah. People, people saying unkind things about the government or, or distrusting the election. And of course, distrusting, distrusting elections is not new in our history. Now it's become almost a federal crime. So, so and the, the other side has felt they're not affected. And, and of course, they also control the news media and mm-hmm. as, as evidenced by the Hunter, you know, laptop and, and all this other oh, yeah. Yeah. Until it starts spilling over onto them, if and when, you know, hopefully the uh, Republicans take the House of Representatives and, and possibly the Senate, all these investigations are going to are going to finally get get some air. And it's a question of will the media, which is mm-hmm. it's got some financial problems, yeah. Yeah. eyeball problems, are they going to have to start covering? Mm. The things that they've been burying uh, yeah. for the past three years. It's a good point. It's a good point. And, and well, I, some of the stuff is so salacious and so yeah, so so absolutely grisly. You know. Yeah, yeah. Can the public avoid going to the public square and watching the hangings? Mm. I, I think that the I think the media. Wow. And we're seeing some evidence of this. I think in some. Well, to your point, uh, to go to the public square and watch the hangings, I know people who paid money for that, Larry, let alone just go. I mean, they just jump at, at the opportunity. But uh, I love the way you wrap that up and what you say right there. Uh, that is so, so vital uh, because uh, that's what it's going to take now for people to come to their senses and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, understand the um, severity of the moment here. Uh, putting trust back into government agencies is is uh, going to take some doing, people. It's going to take some doing. Uh, but uh, Professor Larry Bell, that program, uh, the op-ed he wrote, actually, is uh, worthy of all of your eyeballs to read that because he connects the dots beautifully. And you'll find it on the left sidebar on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Remember, when FBI cared more about bad guys than conservatives and, you know, Sounds a little charged because it's truthful. It, get, it cuts to the point of what uh, is happening here in our country. And how do we get that back? Well, sadly, people have to be impacted in their own lives. 
Uh, well, listen, that's all the time we have for here on Viewpoint, my friends. Tremendous thank you to Professor Larry Bell and Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. Uh, Senator Zach Nunn, what a beautiful program. Awesome. Uh, got a lot out of it. A world of hurt. Now, you know, it's all up to the rest of us, friends. It's our job to carry the mission, light the torch. And we the people, it's where the power rests. Uh, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.